Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. The following is a presentation of A's Cast, your free 24-7 nonstop destination for A's baseball. Go to athletics.com slash A's Cast to download the app. Restrictions apply. From baseball's top personalities. The great Chris Russo joins us once again. To the game's top players. Joining us is the all-star. Matt Chapman with us. You never know what stories you're going to hear. If you make your way down here, I, I might be able to make some time and go out there and see the great Chris Townsend. This is A's Unfiltered with Chris Townsend. Welcome to A's Unfiltered with Chris Townsend. You're going to love this edition because you're going to hear from Tyler Soderstrom, the number one pick out of Turlock High School. He is a sharp kid, let me tell you. You're also going to hear from his high school coach, Sean Gilbert, and we're going to hear from second-round pick Jeff Criswell out of Michigan and his head coach, Eric Backich, as they were at a draft party together. Of course, Eric is a San Jose guy, grew up in the South Bay, but now the head coach of Michigan. And then we're going to talk to Danny Hall, the head coach of Georgia Tech. That's all coming your way on A's Unfiltered. But we'll start with the number one pick, Tyler Salderstrom. Well, we appreciate you coming on. Obviously, these past couple days have just been incredible for you, your parents. We had your dad on yesterday. Uh, just talking about what it was like to get your name called that you're going to be in Oakland. Yeah, I mean, it was super surreal. I mean, just it was such an awesome experience. It was a pretty nerve-wracking day. Um, not really sure what was going to happen. We had a couple teams in play, and uh, I was thankful to get to the A's, and they selected me with their 26th pick, so I couldn't be happier with that. And I'm just super uh, – Super happy to be an A. It's pretty cool that my dad was a giant and now we're kind of opposites. I'm an A. So uh, I hope we uh, get to that Battle of the Bay Series and I dominate the Giants over there. Yeah, I love it. You know, it's you know, it's so interesting. Your dad waited by the phone and here you're watching it. Yeah. It was ESPN or MLB Network. And, yeah. and as you said, a couple teams have told you they're interested. What yeah. is it like watching the draft and waiting for your name to be announced? Yeah. It's super crazy because, like, you know, I'm, I had a lot of buddies coming off the board, too. So, like, you're wanting to get drafted. You're wanting to go high. Um, but, like, it's it's really cool just to kind of be in that situation. I mean, I'm a, I was one of the select few that got to be uh, selected in the first round. And it's just a super cool experience to kind of be on TV and just watch yourself be selected from the, the commissioner. That was, that was something I've always dreamed of, and it's just super cool. Yeah, especially since, you know, the start of the draft was all college guys. You're waiting. Yeah. The high school guys gonna go. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it was uh, it was it was definitely a lot of college guys at first, but once we kind of got into the teens, a lot of high school guys started coming off, so I got pretty comfortable there and just was waiting for my name to be called. So when you get the call, what's it like in the room with your family, your parents, 
and to know that you, you, you've finally been drafted. Yeah, so I actually didn't get a call. I had my, my advisor or agent, Garrett Parcell, was kind of handling that and kind of throwing it through with my dad. So they just kind of let me enjoy the moment. My dad was kind of whispering in my ear what was going on. So I had a, I had a pretty good idea of what was going to happen. But once I heard my name called, we all just really celebrated together, and it was just an awesome experience. So who was, who was talking to your dad and your agent other than the A's? Were there multiple teams that were saying, yeah, we're thinking about this at this pick? Yeah, there was, there was a couple teams that wanted to take me before, um, but we really liked the A's organization and wanted to get me there. Uh, so it ended up working out really well. Um, I think the Mets were in play a little bit. The Cardinals were in play. Um, even the Giants at 13, but I ended up going to the A's, and I couldn't be more happy about it. I think about a guy like you who grew up in the Valley, you know, when the A's take you, you know, Stockton is our A-ball team, Vegas is triple A, close to home here, Oakland when we get to the big leagues. I think yeah. that's going to a lot of people. Yeah, definitely. It means, it means a whole lot to me, kind of to stay on the West Coast and just kind of let my, like, my family's going to be able to travel to Oakland. Uh, I mean, like, I think it's like an hour and 45-minute drive, so, I mean, it means a lot to me to be on the West Coast and just kind of stay here and just kind of start my legacy on the West Coast. Tell me about catching. Because yeah. I know you love to do it. I talked to your father about it yesterday. About This, this truly is your passion. Yeah. Uh, I've done it since I've been little. Uh, my dad has always thrown me back there um, since travel ball days. Uh, so, I mean, I love doing it, just kind of be control of the game. I have, I have a pretty big arm, so I like to show my arm off and throw some runners out. Um, and I just kind of like how you're always in part of the game, just always back there. Um, and I like to kind of use my leadership skills, talk to pitchers and stuff like that. So that's just something I kind of like to do. Um, I take pride in my game calling, game management. I think I do a really good, uh, really good job at that. So that's why, I mean, I love catching and I want to do it for years to come. You know, it's the one position – that you're looking out at everybody else and everybody else is looking at you. You're yeah. really more the captain on the field. Yeah. Uh, I think my personality too is pretty even keel. I'm not too high, not too low. So, I mean, I think that just will kind of help me lead the team. I'm always just kind of on a straight and narrow. So I think that's one of my attributes that's going to help me be a, a good leader as well. You know, we talked to your high school coach also yesterday. Yeah. Uh, I, I, can't, I can't tell you how proud he is of you. Yeah, I mean, we have a great relationship. Uh, super awesome coach. He's done a lot for me, so uh, just super grateful for him. Now, we're doing this interview, and you're at Backyard Baseball Academy, yep. the academy that your dad started. It just shows the dedication that you have. You've been drafted, and you're working out. You're ready to rock. I mean, this seems like something that, that this, this is an everyday. You yeah. lift it, you breathe it, you eat it. Baseball is, is your love. Yeah, I mean, every day I'm in here getting my hitting stuff in, defensive work in. I mean, I, I basically lived down here during this whole this whole quarantine kind of downtime. I mean, I was in here every day uh, just hitting, taking ground balls, getting my catching work in. Um, my my training facility where I work out just opened, uh, opened back up about three weeks ago, so I've been getting in there heavy, doing a lot of lifts. So, I mean, I'm, I'm definitely prepared for anything that – it's throwing at me. I know we don't really know when the season's going to come here, but uh, I'm I'm 100% ready to go. You know, I feel so bad for you guys who are seniors, and you don't really you don't get to have your senior year. Now, yeah. luckily for you, obviously, your baseball career will live on. But how about your buddies who are seniors? And you know, this yeah. is it for them. They won't they they won't play again. Yeah, I feel very badly for them. I mean, 
with our team this year, we're actually pretty lucky. All my really good buddies have uh, had D1 scholarships to go to college. So, I mean, we had a very we had a very good team this for this high school year. So, I'm act, I'm bummed for them that they didn't get to prove to the, these MLB teams that they could go in the draft this year. But uh, at least they uh, have another step and they can go to college and prove to them what they're all about. So, I mean, it was definitely hard at first to not be able to finish the season with them. But, uh, I mean, they all have their path set for college, and um, I couldn't be happier for them. Have you guys had that conversation about if you don't get picked in the first five rounds, Major League Baseball teams can sign you for $20,000 and you yeah. can start your pro career. But that's not a lot of money, and I talked to your dad about that. You're going to get yeah. taxed on that. I mean, have, have you had that conversation with your buddies who are going to college? Yeah, I mean, I think it would be a lot smarter if you were coming out of college and signed for that $20,000 because – you already have a lot of schooling behind you. I think going out of high school, signing for 20000 would not be the best idea because you still haven't gone to college, so you don't have that backup plan. So, I mean, I think it's more meant for those college juniors or college seniors that are coming out of college that already have that kind of behind them. But uh, I think all my buddies are pretty smart. They all know that they need, they need to go to college and get their, get their schooling started up and then start their professional baseball career in three years. Tell us what kind of hitter, what, what is special about you when you get into the box? Yeah, I mean, just my, my left hand at bat, uh, I'm going to apply a lot of power. Uh, my hit tool is really good. I have a great uh, great pitch recognition, so, I mean, I'm not going to get myself out. I think that's a big part of the game. Um, I'm always working uh, on, on trying to perfect uh, my hitting against left-hand pitchers just as well as I do right-hand pitchers. You know, it's a little bit struggle. Lefty on lefty is kind of difficult. But, I mean, I'm always training off our – we use a three-wheel machine, uh, amp it up a little bit, get some velo going, do some left-hand sliders. That really helps me uh, excel in that part of my game. So, I mean, I'm going to come in the box. I'm going to supply power. I'm going to have a great hit tool and a great pitch recognition. You know, I, I think one of the, the, the special things about you is the fact that you, you've been around professional baseball because of your father. So yeah. it's something that you truly understand. This is, you know, can you imagine just – being someone who's never been around pro ball, and now you're yeah. a number one pick. I mean, it'd be, yeah. it'd, be, it'd be far different. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I have a step up ahead of everyone in that terms. Uh, I mean, I have my dad, who went through the whole process. He's basically instilled everything I need to know about the minor leagues into me since I've started my baseball career. I mean, I'm even working out now with a whole bunch of minor leaguers that have come out of Turlock. They're all at my dad's facility, um, even Dalton Jeffries. Uh, he's, I, I grew up with him since I was in – junior high, middle school, um, my dad gave him pitching lessons. So I've been around him, and I couldn't be more happy to kind of be with him in the, A's in the A's organization. He was just down here this morning getting him working too, so uh, it's super cool. You know, when you look at the technology in the game, completely changed the game. Yeah. What kind of technology do you guys have at the baseball academy that helps you be you? Yeah, uh, we have a, a hitting machine called Hit Tracks. Uh, tracks X velocity, launch angle, all those analytic numbers. Uh, so we got that about a couple of months ago, and it's really, really helped me uh, get into that part of the game with all the analytics. I'm just kind of looking at my X velocities, launch angles, hard hit average, just all those crazy different numbers. Yeah, it is crazy when you think about it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's a lot of there's a lot of numbers I don't even know what they are on the Hit Tracks machine, but they somehow calculated i don't even know how do you incorporate that into your own game like tell me when you're practicing or when, when you're in game how do you incorporate it yeah i think it's just another another tool you can use to help become better help you get yourself better i mean 
when you're in the cage and you maybe miss hit a ball, you can look at the numbers and maybe try something different, hit the ball a little harder, or have a little, a little better launch angle. Um, I think it kind of helps finding a cue in your swing that you need to, that I need to learn to kind of just help me become a better hitter. But I think it just, it just really helps you kind of know your swing, know your limits and just kind of really help you all around. You know, talking to your high school coach, you're talking about what a terrific athlete you are, and they have been able to move you around the diamond at times. They yeah. you had you playing shortstop. Yeah. Well, if, if you don't play catcher, where do you see yourself playing? Yeah, I mean, like you said, I mean, I think the game's getting younger and younger, and to have versatility at the next level is something that teams really do value. So, I mean – I mean, as you like, you can take the Dodgers, for example, they're throwing guys all around the place. So, I mean, with my athleticism and versatility, I mean, I can honestly, I'm comfortable at any position on the field. I can contribute to the team, third base, uh, shortstop, outfield, first base, second base. Um, I mean, I could be completely confident you guys throwing me out there and contributing to the team. Um, so, I mean, I think that's just one of my uh, skill sets that are really important to my versatility and athleticism. Well, you know, I you, you look at the guy that you've brought up now that we've gotten to know you, Cody Bellinger. Yeah. And Cody Bellinger, I can play him in center, I can play him in right, I can play him at first base. Yeah. I mean, that, that that's kind of where the world is. You be, you become so much so much more valuable. When yeah. You play multiple positions. Definitely, yeah. I mean, just some that I think teams really do value now. I mean, a lot of teams are kind of turning that route. Maybe if I'm I'm catching a couple of gate couple games and they want to give my legs legs a rest they can move me out to third or in the outfield and kind of keep my bat in the lineup so i think that's what's really uh, valuable about me so when you look at your swing do you look at bellinger do you look at yelich those are the guys you think you compare to yeah those are two guys i idolize and love to watch uh, i mean i love watching our swing i think we have a lot of similarities so i mean i continue i'm going to continue to watch them and take stuff away from them all right, let's end on this. Since we've been in this pandemic and we, we continue to do our show, uh, we've been asking people, you're doing deep dives on something, right? Some, some people are, you have a series on Netflix, some yeah. people Hulu, some people reading books, some people puzzles, games. What have you been doing a deep dive on since uh, this pandemic started? Um, I really enjoyed the show uh, Outer Banks on Netflix. Uh, I probably finished that in about two, three days. I've probably rewatched it about one or two times. So, I mean, that's something that I really liked was a show Outer Banks on Netflix. Hey, good stuff. I, I, I appreciate it. Normally, you would have come to Oakland, you yeah. would have taken DP, and then you and I would have done an interview on the dugout. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, we're not going to get that, but uh, we truly appreciate the time, and hopefully we'll see you at spring training when this thing all starts again. Uh, congratulations. I know it's such a big honor. Your parents are so proud. And uh, I can tell you, all the eight fans are really looking forward to watching you play. Awesome. I appreciate it, guys. Tyler is a really sharp kid. Got a lot of talent. And I don't think he's going to be in the minor leagues for a long time. And a guy that's going to tell you all about his skills and what we're getting with our number one pick, Turlock High School head coach, Sean Gilbert. It was a lot of fun catching up with him. Well, Sean, I got to think yesterday was a, a very special day for you, your program, to have one of your kids go in the first round. That's always something special for the coach. Yeah, ab absolutely. Uh, and our staff, uh, we've had several guys that uh, have played, uh, been drafted, seen some kids come through, but a first rounder, uh, that we were all just 
unbelievable. Yeah. What a, what a moment for him and, and obviously for our program. Yeah. He and his father, you know, just the 10th time a father and son have gone in the first round. Uh, you know, he looks really polished as a player. Obviously we've only gotten to see some video. Just tell us about his skill set. Sure. Um, yeah. Well, you hit on him being polished, man. I mean, his, the, he is so far advanced, which seems like he's been around baseball his whole life. He's been around his, you know, dad who played, he's got an older brother that's played. So his baseball IQ is just off the chart. Um, that being said, as far as skills for Ty, man, um, behind the plate catching, I mean, I, I, you've heard people say this or that about him, but man, I hope he stays there. He's just big and strong. He receives the ball so well. He's athletic. Uh, he's got a cannon for an arm, but just like you said, go on with it is his mental approach to the game. He just is high, high baseball IQ, man. It really helps him. And then obviously offensively, he's pretty special too. That's kind of one of, one of a kind deal. He's 6'2", around 200 pounds. How much more do you think he has to grow into that body? You know, um, it's... I don't know about how much more. I, what I can tell you is when he came back from the summer, you know, he matured a ton from going and playing on that, that Olympic team over there in, in, uh, in Korea or Japan, I think very well. But um, he, uh, his calves are big. His shins are big. I mean, just big bone. He's just big handed, big, and he doesn't lift a ton of weight. I mean, he's, I'm so I don't know what kind of program or what they want, you know, how they want their athletes with how much more bulk they could put on. But I mean, just just on his frame, he's just a big kid. He's a big person. So I mean, I think definitely if he were to, to get in and he could put on 10 pounds of muscle, he'd be a beast. You know, yeah. 22, 15. Holy cow. But <laughs> yeah, he's now looking like, he's now looking like a strong safety. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. You, you know, when I, when I think about power and a kid his size, and if he gained, because obviously he's going to gain some muscle, what kind of power do you project for him at, at the highest level? Well, um, the thing with him, it's natural heat, and he doesn't overswing. Uh, he stays inside the ball. He, he, tries, he looks to, you know, like a middle approach or, the, you know, right center to left center approach, and he doesn't get outside or pull around or hook the ball. He drives the ball, and it's it's his swing is just effortless. It's pretty to watch, but when you hear him uh, in the cage, when you're hearing him take BP, it just got that sound. You know, you hear people talk about that, and the ball off of his his barrel. He barrels a lot of balls, and I've you know, it's special. Yeah. So his power, um, he hit a ball. I mean, obviously shortened season this year, but. Uh, one of the first games we played, he hit a ball out to left field at our park that was up over the trees opposite. Uh, it was impressive. And the next at bat hit one off the left center field uh, wall on a just just effortless. So uh, he's got natural power that comes easy. And like I say, he doesn't overswing, which I think makes him get the barrel to a lot of balls, hit, you know, pitching them wherever they're going to pitch them. But yeah. How many games did you guys get in this year? We got we played five games. Uh, but man, you know it's funny when he came for two years. We're trying to get these these big league programs to play us. You know all these guys 
from up north and down in Fresno. And uh, when he, even when he was a junior in the summer, after his sophomore year, trying to schedule these guys, you know, they were, the, as soon as he came back, as soon as his name started floating around, we had teams that were like, oh, yeah, coach, we'll play you, we'll play you. And we played some outstanding clubs, programs that, that are just nails. And so uh, yeah, that was kind of disappointing that we got canceled. But, man, the, the guys that we saw on the mound were 92, 96, guys that are going D1 here or guys that are, you know, uh, projected high, high draft picks. And uh, it was impressive to watch, you know, those guys compete against him and Ty compete against those guys. So, but, but we got five games in and obviously just like everybody else, I guess, in the country, wish we could have got more. You know, coach, we're dinosaurs. Back when we used to play, if you threw 90, that was hard. We're seeing these kids in the upper <laughs> 90s in high school. I mean, all these guys coming to the big leagues, everybody throws 100 miles an hour. It's crazy. Yeah, we have a kid. His name was Cedarlin with the Merced. Didn't pitch much for us. They're, he, they're projecting. He's with Pittsburgh now. And uh, he was 6'3", 195 guy. And, man, he's over 100. They're, they're just – it's just incredible. And he's – you hear these guys talk about, you know, certain things mechanically that they do to, to increase velocity and arm slot and all this stuff. I mean, the science, I think, is helping them. It seems like the kids are getting bigger and stronger. I don't know. We, you know, they're coming through, and it's just like every every kid's six foot tall now. <laughs> so I guess it's a combination of things. But, yeah, the velocity and stuff that these, com- these kids are that you're seeing in high school, uh, it's impressive. You know, one of the saddest things is the fact that a lot of your seniors, they will not go on to play college baseball. This was their final year. This is a, the year you're with your buddies, your seniors, you play baseball. It's one of the great years of your life. Just how tough was that conversation with some of your seniors who will not play baseball, organized baseball? Yeah, you know, it. Uh, obviously the ones that are going on and playing, you know, we've had, we were fortunate enough to have five guys sign letters for D one guys and obviously Tyler, but um, it was the guys that, you know, would maybe go on and play junior college that have been in our program for four years, young kids that, you know, the, the kind of reason why you kind of coach high school athletics and, and just to get to know some of these kids and they were in tears, you know, just like, gosh, coach, you know, it's a, I'm going to miss you. I'm going to miss them. I'm going to miss us. You know, and you realize that, you know, baseball in a way it's still competitive, you know, high school athletics and, and high school sports, but it's these kids that are just out there to be a part of something, you know, and if, and if it's that, whatever their role is on the team, man, it was heartbreaking and just kids driving by my house or texting me or, you know, all of our staff. Yeah. It, it it was sad. And I know everybody, like I say, everybody else is dealing with it too, but uh, to be, you asked me that question and really sit here and, and think about what it was. It, yeah. It was heartbreaking. You miss those guys. Yeah. And I, and, and if you still want to play, you know, you got like Merced junior college, you know, give it a shot and you get two years of your education in cheaper. And then maybe you go on to a four year school, but you know, if you think you got a shot, I would encourage all young players. If you still want to play, there's nothing wrong with going in and trying the JC route. Ah, absolutely. And we've got two of the best around here. Well, that's the Merced, but even Delta over there in the, you know, San Joaquin Stockton area and, and the schools around here from Santa Rosa all the way up and down San Francisco, Orange down there. Um, and now with, with them being able to go their first two years of junior college is free. 
I mean, man, and then especially, you know, if they're not a kid that's recruitable, but maybe you're a pitcher that hasn't thrown much or, you know, we got a kid graduated last year that's going to Delta, 6'3 guy, he wrestled, he played another sport, he played football, and he was always coming out of wrestling, you know, 6'3, 130. <laughs> and uh, he went to Delta and we said, look, if you're interested, in, you know, in moving on and taking advantage, boy, he, I saw him at Christmas time, not wrestling, right? Baseball only, they got him on a weight program. He's 215 and he's just a monster. And it's just, you know, some of these kids just now getting out of high school age, they're physically, their bodies aren't even starting to mature yet or just beginning to. So, man, junior college being able to, if they're wanting to go on free education, I don't think you can beat it. I mean, I hope that lasts for a while. <laughs> I didn't realize that. So junior colleges are going to be free for everybody. Yeah, yeah, for everybody. At least um, in Santa Claus County, uh, the counselors at Turlock High School, uh, placing people, uh, you know, in those two schools, I know for sure. But I, I imagine, I believe it's statewide. So for me, when, when, when I know a guy is going to be really an offensive player, I don't necessarily want to keep him at catcher because as uh, we know that that position just wears on your body and a lot of catchers by the end, you know, you play 162 games towards the end of the season, especially you play through a hot summer that these guys are kind of beat up. So let's just say his future is not catcher where do you think he would play? Yeah, I, I hope it is. Uh, I think I know he wants to be there, but uh, if it's not, I tell you what, he's got he's got smooth hands. He can pick it. Uh, I know it, depending on uh, they have him slotted at a corner. He played third base coming through when he was younger. He was a freshman uh, starter, four year starter on varsity, and he's an all league third baseman as a freshman. Uh, we had him at short just because he was our best athlete when he wasn't catching. We had another actually really good catcher. Uh, so we, you know, to get him out from behind there every once in a while, or just to get another bat in our lineup, we'd play Tyler at short, but, um, gosh, he's, he's talented. He could play outfield. He can play a corner outfield spot. And then, you know, kind of like how much do you want to rest him or get him out of the way to play first base, but he's big, strong kid that, you know, you could have him play first at six, two but athletic enough to play third. So I think, you know, that's probably the natural progression if they weren't going to catch or move him out of there or, you know, maybe come into the big leagues and try to break through just to get get his bat in the lineup. Yeah, because we have a catcher named Sean Murphy who came up last year, a top prospect. He's just 25 years old. He's 6'3", yeah. 232. He's built like yeah, a linebacker. Yeah, so it's like when they when they drafted him, I'm like, wow, man, Sean Murphy's got, you know, six years before he's a free agent. And, uh, you know, if because looking at Tyler's size, I'm not going to be shocked if he's one of these guys that's up in the big leagues by, let's say, like age 20, 21. Yeah. Yeah. That, you know, it's funny. We, uh, we had all the coaches meeting at a coach's house watching the draft and literally there's about 10 of us there. Half of us are giant fans. Half of us are A's fans. And when, uh, the A's, when, when the A's name came up, these guys are lifelong A's fans. They're like, no way they're picking it. They don't pick high school guys. They pick college guys. And so, uh, then, then, then the talk went to that John Murphy guy about, man, this guy's a stud. And then they picked them and, and everybody was just going crazy. But, um, yeah, that, that gets a, uh, like you say, we're your best prospect right now coming through. And I mean, 
to get Tyler's bat, his bat plays. So, you know, I mean, he's the kind of kid where he wouldn't be a liability wherever you put him, but definitely hopefully he progresses enough where uh, his bat plays and he he'll, you know, I know Tyler, he'd be willing to do anything just to contribute. So uh, I think that'd be an option definitely for him. Yeah, and, and we've noticed this throughout throughout the years is that when you grow up with your father, we've talked about this for years with the Warriors, when you grow up with your father being a professional athlete, and then I also think about Tyler being around his father in Backyard Baseball Academy, I, is he just this guy that eats, uh, drinks, lives, everything's baseball? <laughs> you know, he does. It's not that he just does that because I think uh, that might be cutting him short a little bit, but he is around it. He does eat, he eats it, he breathes it. Uh, down home kid, man, but just uh, he duck hunts, he bass fishes, he's real, real grounded. But baseball is bred in him, and having that facility out there, uh, yeah, he it's basically what he does and he's been doing it for a long time even at a young you know as, as young as eight and nine years old so absolutely that's kind of his the way he's made coach i got four tickets for every single game so once we start getting fans uh back in into the stands uh make sure you stay uh, in contact i'd like to treat you and your coaches and get you up here to the coliseum to watch a little A's baseball well, I'll tell you what, man, nothing would make us prouder, and uh, we would love to take you up on that, man. I'm going to, as soon as I get done talking, I can't wait to go talk to uh, our staff just about what what a great interview, man. You're, you're a great dude. I appreciate it, and I wish all the best for you guys. Like I said, great pick. <laughs> Good yeah. job. Thank you so much, Coach. Be well. Be safe. Hey, yeah, you too. Take it easy. Look forward to hearing from you soon. Don't you love the spirit? That guy's got a lot of spirit. You'd love to play for a guy like that. So we were able to track down Eric Backage. He's a South Bay guy, went to Bellarmine High School. And I knew, since I live in the South Bay and know a lot of people went to Bellarmine, I could track this guy down. We're like, how are we going to get his phone number? I tracked him down in less than 15 minutes. And what's cool about this, as Jeff Criswell, his right-hander, our second-round pick, they were together at a draft party in Michigan. So here is the head coach of Michigan and the right-hander the Athletics took in the second round, Eric Backich and Jeff Criswell. Gentlemen, welcome to A's Cast Live. How are you? Good. How's it going? Doing great. Thank you. Well, first of all, congratulations and welcome to uh, A's Nation. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. I'm excited to be here. So, Coach, I'm uh, able to track you down through uh, Gary Cunningham because uh, I played at San Jose State, and I know Coach, and uh, I, I'm actually do, bringing you back home to San Jose. This is my home studio in Willow Glen. No kidding. How about that? So, you got to tell Coach Cunningham I said hello. He's one of the best. So that was the one thing we were like, we're, we got to bring Coach back home also. So it's great to, that you guys are uh, at a party together. What was it like when you, when you found out you were selected by the Oakland A's? It was, uh, it was truly an awesome feeling. Um, you know, I got my family here and some former teammates and coaches. And, um, you know, I couldn't have dreamed up a better moment. So, so it was awesome. So projecting you, reliever, starter, what have the A's said to you if they've said anything at all? Yeah, you know, it's pretty fresh at this point, so, um, you know, I'm not sure, uh, you know, what they're looking to do, but um, I guess we'll see going forward. 
Coach, you know, you've had such great success at Michigan and your program. You got quite a few guys. I mean, more guys would have got drafted if we didn't have five rounds, but you're still expecting quite a few guys to be drafted, correct? We are, yeah. We, we're expecting three more today and, uh, you know, glad that glad that Jeff is off the board and uh, you're not going to find a better competitor than this guy standing right next to me. So really excited for him and uh, all the hometown fans. Uh, whatever he projects as, he's a big leaguer. That's what he projects as. And they're going to see him uh, very soon. Well, the uh, area scout has informed us that out of the bullpen, you're like 100 miles an hour. But if you're going to be a starter, it'll be somewhere around 95, 97. Is that a good projection for you? Uh, you know, I guess we, we could say somewhere around there. Uh, you know, I'm not sure about triple digits quite yet, but, um, you know, we're hoping to get there soon. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun to have you in because uh, this is going to be a very good draft class. And, you know, you're coming to you're coming to an organization that's won 97 games two straight years. And there's such a a great core of young players that this franchise is projecting to have a chance at winning a World Series in the next couple of years. I think that has to excite you. Oh, it's it's incredibly exciting. I know. Um, you know, a lot about the organization. I got a former teammate who's in the organization right now, and he's got nothing but great things to say. So, um, you know, I'm, I couldn't be couldn't be happier, and, and I'm incredibly excited to get, get in the organization. Coach, you've turned Michigan. I mean, you were just runner-up in the College World Series playing for the national championship. I, I believe you've been there around eight, nine years. What's it like been building back up the Wolverine baseball program? Well, you just got to build it with exceptional people, people like Jeff and his family. And that's what it takes. It just takes uh, extremely talented kids who have a commitment towards getting an education. And, uh, you know, our program has really thrived in the player development arena. We've, we've uh, tried to find our niche here in the Midwest of advanced player development. And when you have players in a team that's as bought in, uh, to just improving and growing and getting better and competing for Michigan and that block M uh, it's very satisfying to see it all come together and, uh, and watch these guys have success on the field. And how just, you know, when you talk about the technology, everybody's using it now, but really college baseball was at the forefront of rap sodos and these fast cameras and track man and everything. Just talk about how player development and technology has been something very strong has made college baseball such a great sport. Well, you know, I would trace it back to, you know, your organization and, and Billy Bean really starting a revolution with looking into advanced data and that spawned TrackMan and Rapsodo and things to determine what the ball is doing. And we've taken it another level to determine what the human body can do uh, and start looking internally instead of just what the metrics are for a baseball. But uh, what are, you know, the mobility and stability patterns of, a, of our athletes and how can we improve them biomechanically so that they can have even better results so we utilize all the gadgets uh, but we're really focused on maximizing the potential of based on what each player can physically do tyler soderstrom is our number one pick and his dad uh played for the san francisco giants out of fresno state and we had his head coach on and how sad it was for this high school coach to tell his seniors and a lot of them won't go on to play college baseball that this was done for them. And you guys, obviously, with your season, uh, going forward, what is it going to be like? So you're going to be able to keep guys who want to come back for their senior year, but then you also have a new freshman class coming in. 
Yeah, though it'll be a little bit of a logjam, but luckily there was some relief given uh, by the NCAA to allow everyone to have that additional year. And then we just got recent legislation to expand on our 35 roster cap. So uh, that logjam won't be uh, maybe as compounded, but, you know, we still only have 11.7 scholarships. That still presents a problem. But, you know, co college coaches are very creative and we'll figure a way out. And, uh, you know, we're excited about next year's college baseball crop because it looks to be the most talented, deepest, oldest group of college baseball players uh, we've had in a long time. But we'll certainly miss miss guys that are departing, guys like Jeff Criswell. Well, hopefully next year we will have the draft in Omaha and your your Michigan Wolverines will be there, hopefully. And uh, maybe we'll be able to talk to you again. But we're going to love to talk to you. Bring the kid from San Jose back home. Uh, it's great to see you guys. Jeff, congratulations. I can't wait to see you at spring training. I'm sure you're having a great party there. Enjoy with your family, and we'll talk soon. Thank you so much. Go Blue. Thank you very much. Take care, guys. All right. Hey, thanks again. How cool was that, that they were together and we got to uh, learn a lot about Jeff Criswell. We also got to learn about the third round pick at a Georgia Tech, Michael Goldberg. His head coach, Danny Hall, this guy is one of the most successful college baseball coaches of all time. Let's hear from the head coach, a G Tech, Danny Hall. Coach, we really appreciate you coming on. It's always a special day when you're able to move your players on into professional baseball. No question about it. You know, so happy uh, for Michael. Uh, you know, talking about a guy that academic All-American. I always like to plug that about him, but just really, really good baseball player. And, uh, you know, I think his just what he can bring to the table just lined up perfectly with uh, with the A's. And, uh, you know, and now it's uh, his chance to get out there and compete and try to get to the big leagues. You know, I'm glad you bring up the academic part. And it's one thing that I've always respected about Georgia Tech is that it's a great school and, and it's not an easy school. This is not something where guys come in here and you're just you're just trying to keep guys eligible and move them on. It doesn't matter what sport. I mean, it really is a great inst institution that we have in this country. And you got to be a good student to go to Tech. No question, you know, and I tell everybody all the time that, uh, you know, like back in the day, I coached at the University of Michigan, a, a great school. Uh, but there was probably some programs at Michigan that we could put a player in that, you know, wasn't uh, an academic All-American and he could get through there and get his degree. At Georgia Tech, there's no place to hide. Uh, you know, Michael's an engineering student. He's minoring in uh, computer science uh and carrying the three eight three nine and being an all-american baseball player so you know i i kind of kid him he's a model student athlete he's a poster child for georgia tech athletics and i uh, couldn't be happier for him talk to us about his skill set what are we going to see when hopefully we get back to some time of normalcy uh, i'm thinking next year spring training what kind of player are we going to see very instinctive player so uh, you know, he played a lot in the infield in high school. Uh, you know, we have kind of played him more in the outfield than the infield, even though he has been, uh, you know, in the infield for us. But the last two years, the thing that just sticks out is his bat the ball skills. He doesn't strike out. He puts the ball in play. He was a lot stronger this year than he was last year. So I think in a bigger sample size of a 56 game season, plus some playoffs, you would have seen more home runs, more doubles. 
Uh, he's a plus runner out of the box. Like uh, if the infielders don't make plays uh, and don't get rid of the ball, make an accurate throw, he's going to beat it out because he can really run. Uh, he can steal bases. Uh, he's very smart, but he, he's a heady, heady kind of instinctive baseball player. You know, you said something about infield, outfield, and the conversation that we have constantly with Bob Melvin, our skipper, is with more bullpen guys and less guys on the bench, versatility really is the name of our game now. And when you can do a lot of different things, if you can play infield and you can play outfield, that means you're going to get a lot of at-bats. I, I kind of like hearing that. So what you tell me about Michaels, this is a very versatile guy that we could probably put him all over the diamond. That's what I think. You know, we kind of, I call them super utility guys that you just plug them in and they're going to go play and they're going to play very well. And I don't know why I'm blanked on it, but it's a kid that uh, he was an all-star last year with Kansas City, uh, was an infielder. I think they were going to play him in center fielder uh, this year. And Michael kind of reminds me of that kid because I saw that kid play at South Carolina. And, uh, you know, we, we you hope Michael. Think, you think of Whit Merrifield? That's him. Yeah. So, so just similar body types, similar players. And, uh, you know, you hope Michael gets to that level where he's an all-star someday. But I do think that uh, you could play him a lot of places and you're 100% right. I mean, it's a manager or a head coach's favorite problem to have is where are we going to play this guy today? You know, we had Witt on the program towards the end of the season, and he was approaching 200 hits. So if you can tell me we're going to get a guy that's got 200 hits in his bat, uh, we're, we're in for that all, uh, every day, all day. Yeah, I wish I could promise that. I can't, but uh, it would not surprise me, let's put it this way, because, I mean, we nickname him the machine. He's a hitting machine, and uh, so it wouldn't surprise me if he's able to do that someday. What's it like for you to, you know, you, you, you bring in a young man, you know, you talk to the parents, you say, you know, send your, send your child here. I'm going to educate him. I'm going to make him a better person. We're going to win with him. And then when he finally gets drafted or graduates, what's that like for you, the gratification as a head coach? Oh, it's tremendous. You know, I mean, I have told this story earlier today. So, you know, with the coronavirus, like there's a lot of things that, you know, Georgia Tech's trying to do, human resources are trying to do. So one of the things came across my phone today that uh, it was a stress relief uh, seminar. And I'm like, yeah, I might be able to use that today because you sit through those five rounds and, you know, it was great to see Michael go, but we had, you know, some high school kids that you're sweating out, hoping they get to school. Uh, you know, our shortstop, who's a really good player, went undrafted last night, which really surprised me. Uh, so you feel for him and his family because he uh, he's the captain of our team. And uh, so, you know, you kind of hang on every pick, you hang on every round. But at the end of the day, you're so happy when they get picked and they get an opportunity to go pursue something that they've they've wanted to pursue since they started playing baseball. You know, uh, my old head coach, because I played college baseball, played at San Jose State, Sam Perraro was my head coach. And and one of the things that uh, he's most proud of is his graduation rate. And a lot of you guys, you know, what, what a lot of people don't think about, they think you guys just about winning games. But there's, there's, you're an educator. People forget about that. Your job is to not only win with these guys, but your job is to graduate these guys. 
hundred percent. And, and we talk about it in recruiting and it probably hurts us with some guys uh, when we, you know, spend time talking about academics and what Georgia tech will do for them someday when they have to use their degree. And, you know, most of them have to use their degree uh, and even really, really good players that get drafted and go play in the minor leagues and then don't make it have to use their degree. So I sleep really well at night knowing that we have our guys covered both ways. We're going to give you a top 25 baseball program that you're going to compete at the highest level. You'll have every opportunity to be a pro if you keep working and make that happen. But at the end of the day, we're going to make sure you walk out of here with a degree. Uh, and that degree is going to have great value throughout not only the United States, but the world. Yeah, I was a bad player coach who had to use his degree. <laughs> <laughs> we all, yeah, we can all say that. <laughs> so this is a very tricky situation, and I'm wondering for you how you'll handle this. So you don't go in the first five rounds. You're a junior. And now the only thing they can offer you is $20,000. And which, you know, there's going to the money's going to be taxed. It's not a lot of money. It, it, if you got a guy and you probably have this situation, what are you going to say to that player? Do you come back for your senior year or do you start your professional career in baseball? I mean, I'll be just dead honest. I would tell all my guys come back and play your senior year. Your season got cut short this year. You're probably not going to have a minor league season if you sign for 20. Uh, and you're right. It doesn't go very far. Uh, so come back, enjoy your senior season, try to take us to Omaha. And and then, you know, hopefully you get that same chance again next year. If you don't, then it wasn't meant to be. I mean, it was just, you know, use your degree and and move on. And I'll be quite honest. So my my son is in that category. So he was a junior on our team, uh, didn't get picked yesterday. And I have told him because he's going to get calls and people have kind of reached out like, you know, would you sign for 20 grand? And I'm just like, just tell him no. And I think most of the guys on my team are probably a no. Uh, but there'll be guys that different situations, just, uh, you know, different spots academically that they're going to take that. And then whenever minor league baseball resumes, then they're going to go try to live out their dreams. So, I think it just depends on your situation, depends on where you're at in school and what school you're going to. And But I would tell all my guys that I think they're better suited this year just because there's not going to be a minor league season to uh, to come back. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, you got to think. I mean, we, might, we don't even know when we're going to see minor league baseball. If you look how hard it is just to get baseball going – we have no idea when minor league baseball, I would come back for my senior year. No question about it. Uh, how are you planning? And I don't know if you have the answer yet, but you're probably going to have some seniors that are going to stay with you that we're going to move on. You're going to have an incoming freshman class. You're going to have a bigger roster. What are the plans? How are you going to handle that? It's going to be very difficult. And, and uh, you know, we had kind of a, little call with my whole staff uh, today on, you know, the, the, the tricky part is managing 11.7 scholarships. So, you know, we probably had three to four high school kids yesterday that on a normal draft, maybe we lose two of the four, all four are showing up in school. 
you know, we had some of our juniors that in a normal draft, they probably fall somewhere between rounds five and 10. So they don't get picked. So they're all back plus your seniors. So it's a, it's a very difficult balance to get to 11.7. And I would bet you that 85% of the power five schools are going to have to have some difficult conversations to try to get that number to 11.7 that the NCA did give us a little relief on roster size that if we wanted to carry more than 35 guys this year, we can. Uh, the number is kind of you could have 27 players on 11.7 scholarships. They they said you can now divide that up amongst 32 guys. So those are two measures that will help us manage it to a degree. Uh, but it it is it's it's a tough juggle uh, with the talent that honestly is getting put into college baseball this year. I've been trying to tell my audience cause they don't realize, you know, cause everybody thinks about, Oh, it's the big leagues. Everything happens in the big leagues, but really the greatest baseball technology started in college baseball. You guys were really the first to start using. I talk about all the time, rap Soto and track man and these high tech cameras and everything that's going on. And uh, Scott Emerson, our pitching coach, we, we, we've, we've gone round and round about this. It was really college baseball that was at the forefront of this technology. Obviously, ACC, SEC, there's a lot of money because of football and basketball. But just talk about how the technology in baseball really grew up at, at the college level. Yeah, I think you're probably right on that is that, uh, you know, and I think you're seeing it because I think you're seeing pitching coaches and, and hitting coaches that, probably were always uh, college coaches that, that didn't get many opportunities to go be a coach at the major league level. And you're seeing that now uh, kind of across the board where college pitching coaches are getting the opportunity uh, to advance their careers and go coach at the major league level. So I think you're right. The technology, uh, you know, definitely was probably getting incorporated uh, here, uh, you know, maybe a little sooner than pro ball. But now, if you're not up to speed with it, you're behind. Uh, and we use it a lot. Uh, certainly, I've, I've made some hires the last couple of years with a kind of recruiting coordinator, hitting coach that had just got out of pro ball that really understands all that on the hitting side. And then I was able to hire a pitching coach last year that had been the pitching coordinator for the New York Yankees the last five years. So in charge of every pitcher in their organization, and he is really up to speed on, okay, here's what the numbers are saying, but okay, now here's how that applies to you. Here's how I can make you better. Uh, and, and I think it, you have to have a blend of both. That's just, you know, I'm old school. That's my philosophy. You have to understand it. You have to be able to use it to teach players. But at the end of the day, you also got to be a coach and you got to be a teacher and you got to be a psychologist to get the buy-in on the player side. Well, obviously, you've had great success, and let's end on this. Uh, what you've done in the HBC is second to none. But I want to take you back to Miami of Ohio. And <laughs> how many guys were you facing in Miami? Were you a hitter or a pitcher? I was a hitter. How many guys were you facing throwing 98 to 100 back in the day when you were at Miami of Ohio? So, obviously – 
this is probably pre-radar gun, you know. <laughs> but but in saying that, one of them pitched for the Oakland A's back in the day that was probably the hardest thrower that I think I faced, and his name was Bob Welch. Yeah. And he pitched at Eastern Michigan. And uh, and in the other part, so we, then we played doubleheaders. And so in the first game of the doubleheader, they had a guy named uh, Ochinko who ended up pitching a lot for the San Diego Padres. He was a lefty. I was a left-hand hitter. So you're pretty much an ofer in the first game off of Ochinko. And now here comes old Bob Welch. And so here's the story. My first two at-bats against him. He threw me three straight fastballs, and I swung and missed at six in a row. So I'm 0 for 2, two strikeouts. I come up for my third at bat, and I end up actually making contact, foul off a couple pitches. Run the count to three and two, and he threw me that nasty breaking ball on three and two, and I basically just, I can to this day know what I said like, Oh, okay. I'll just walk back to the dugout because there's no way I thought you were throwing me a curveball there. So three punch outs. My fourth at bat, thank God, the guy got on in front of me and I got a chance to bunt. And so I <laughs> bunted him to second base. So here's the story in that doubleheader. And I tell it to my players all the time. I punched out five out of six at bats. <laughs> so, so, so pre-radar gun, I'd, I'd just say this. Bob Welch was you know, the hardest thrower. And, and I'm guessing he was probably, you know, 94, 95 back in the day with a nasty hammer. You know, I don't know what you guys are doing, but all, I, all these guys that keep coming up, everybody's throwing a hundred miles an hour. It's, it, it's, it's shocking. You know what, you know what we say since we're in the South and Chick-fil-A is right here in Georgia, it's all the steroids in the chicken is making these guys develop faster. <laughs> Coach, great stuff. We truly appreciate it. And uh, congratulations on all the great success that you have. I mean, four-time ACC Coach of the Year and how many times you've won the conference and the great success in, in, in the playoffs. Uh, we appreciate it. And uh, keep doing a great job, not only being a great coach, a mentor, but being an educator. We appreciate the time and you take care. Be safe. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. Good luck to you guys. Hope we got baseball soon. No one covered the draft like A's Cast Live. We're very proud of that. We want to thank Tyler Saldersham, the number one pick. His high school coach, Sean Gilbert. The second round pick, Jeff Criswell out of Michigan. And the head coach of Michigan, a South Bay guy, Eric Backich. And then the head coach of Georgia Tech, Danny Hall. Now back to A's Cast, powered by TuneIn. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics.